This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author, Thomas Earl. Hi, this is Thomas Earl, and welcome to another episode of the Real Digital Transformation podcast series. This is part two of our two-part interview with Berend Uswort and Kevin Den Auden, both RPA experts who will be sharing further details about technology architecture, design, orchestration, as well as their advice about lessons they've learned working with RPA. Let's begin. Let's talk more about organizing, coordinating activity across robots that are running alongside each other. The concept of orchestrating bots and with predefined workflow logic that I'm assuming is defined within tool that is part of the RPA platform. You can correct yeah. me if, if that's not the case. Yeah. And, and this now becomes workflow logic that is introduced on top of existing business process logic, but it's now workflow logic specific to orchestrating bots. Tell, tell us about your experience with that. To what extent, you know, how sophisticated is this orchestration um, capability right now? Um, do you, is it always a central orchestrator interacting with bots individually, or can one bot also invoke another bot um, via its API? How how have you seen that whole workflow aspect of this um, come to shape? How, how much is that part of your implementation? And also, what's your opinion about the, the current level of, of functionality that's available with these tools? Yeah, well, actually, there, there are um, uh, roughly two ways in, in which we can uh, start a robot. It's either by a schedule, so it's an orchestrator, and where you say this is uh, the steps or the robots I want to uh, to start in a certain order, or they just wait for each other because we there is also a queue um, uh, implemented in the in the platform. So I, I can either just come from outside from a different uh, a third party uh, application if they can connect to our uh, um, management console, uh, our platform. Um, they can get a ticket and they can get uh, a, a queue, uh, a seat in the queue, and uh, we process them if they have the right credentials. Um, but there's also uh, an another way of um, starting robots. It's not by an orchestrator, but it, it is by uh, a, a type of user interface. Because um, some, because we all already found out in the in the very beginning that sometimes it, it, maybe it's in the middle of the process or in the beginning or uh, you have something which is uh, impossible to get by a robot. Um, it's data which is lacking, which we cannot get if it's, uh, for example, if it's data which is stuck in a photo, and we have, we 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 don't want to take all the hassle to to get an extra application and get that data out. So we ask. Um, an employee to uh, a, a real person um, to open a document for us, uh, check a number uh, or uh, whatever we, we're missing in our flow, uh, fill it in in some uh, in some web form and just click on start. Mm -hmm. And what it does then is it's it's uh, it's an on-demand robot. So it's it immediately goes uh, uh, starts well it goes into the queue as well. 
um, more often than not with a little bit higher priority because you don't want uh, those uh, uh, processes to uh, to wait very long. Uh, but you, you start with a little bit of user interfer in interference. Um, and then you start the robot uh, uh, at, at any time you want. And uh, the advantage is it's, um, it's very useful for time-critical processes or where you lack a certain kind of uh, information. Um, so in, in, in those two types, um, uh, most of our bots are uh, the ones with user orchest orchestrator, um, and we, we let them run in the middle of the night because uh, um, well, it, it, it's easier. It's uh, load load uh, for load load balancers and for all the systems uh, that we're running. It's easier to do it at night. Um, but but yeah, you you can um, you you can make it as uh, um, as 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 difficult as you want. Um, and you were talking about uh, um, uh, third party before uh, and and um, uh, stuff. Well, hybrid solutions and in the cloud. Um, we have a few suppliers like, well, um, the, the whole Microsoft Office uh, 365 platform is in the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going from our platform outside of the, uh, the, the gateway to, uh, to go to that um, uh, environment. But also we have a few suppliers which also not running it on, on, on our systems and are, are basically um, a service which we're, um, which we're using. And there is even one where we just said, well, this is our API. Uh, um, you want to use some data from us? No, sorry, the other way around. They, we needed some data from them. And they, they uh, applied us a, an API. And we just connected to them for the information and, and went on with the rest of the process, which we uh, were using for, uh, what is it, HR kind of um, Mm -hmm. uh, things we had to do. So yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's it's really not limited to to only in inside your cor uh, corporation or or uh, you yeah cloud based is also uh, also possible and uh, also with the newest um, newest technology because you have to to be aware that you're going outside of the of, of your own uh, company. So you have to be aware about uh, uh, safety and encryption. Um, which is um, always uh, something that you have to take really care of because otherwise it's uh, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, the you whole security aspect about... would be worth a separate conversation of its own. Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, security is a separate uh, separate topic, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, but you, you also can think about simple robots like uh, password resets. Um, we, we, we use them, but we use them with REST calls, uh, I think. Uh, Which one? That uh, Our password reset. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it runs Is... directly. So uh, you, you fill out a form, right. who you are, which application, and, and then it immediately fires uh, um, the REST call to our end application for resetting your password. So there's no identity and access management um, who, who who has his hands on? Hmm. Is the what is the standard API of of an R RPA bot? Is, is, do you interact with it using REST, or does it support um, RPC? You know what what type of typical protocols we, are, do you our, use? Our platform, uh, but but most of the platforms use REST, uh, which is the common uh, common uh, uh, mm -hmm. well. 
most common use, I would say. Um, um, our platform also supports uh, SOAP uh, calls. Um, and, and JSON. And, um, yeah, yeah. Well, the rest, it, it, mm. it doesn't matter. You can either call, do the SOAP or the rest in, in JSON format or XML. Mm. It, it just, mm. you, can, uh, you can set it whatever, whichever way you want. Um, you see that the, the, the older applications use more SOAP. Uh, to to run their APIs and the newer ones uh, use uh, like uh, the, the the whole uh, Office 365 is using uh, the Graph uh, API, which is mm. uh, is a RESTful uh, uh, JSON-based uh, API, which uh, runs like a charm. Hmm. It, it's it's fast, it's easy to read. It's uh, and and with the older SOAP calls, sometimes it's. Um, well, it, it, it makes it more challenging. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but do different RPA products support different protocols, or is it pretty standard for them all to support the basics? Uh, the, the the RESTful APIs, the REST APIs are all are uh, covered by all the platforms I know, at least. Um, I'm not sure about SOAP calls or other kind of um, curl kind of languages which you can use or. Uh, but I assume they would more or less do the same as as our uh, supplier uh, mm -hmm. gives the functionality. Okay. Um, with regards to orchestration, just wanna before we conclude with that, I just wanna clarify. So, using your RPA orchestration tool, you can have the orchestrator initiate activity. It calls one bot. That bot can then independently interact with others via their respective APIs. Yep. It'll then return some sort of result back to the orchestrator to indicate that the workflow has been completed. Yep. And then you can build in things like compensation logic, exception handling logic for when things yep. go wrong. So it's just standard orchestration um, design that's yes. applicable to, to how bots can interact and then also how they can deal with uh, failure conditions. Yeah, and um, what we typically do in, in uh, because you have to think our robots are still actually humans doing the work faster. Um, so if we don't succeed, if we have a, um, a flow of robots, which, which, is, uh, uh, which we, we uh, start with the orchestrator, um, if one of them goes wrong, we uh, always report back to the users or to the uh, user group or to whatever, wh whoever, um, that something went wrong. Um, and we, we, we use like 80-20, like 80% uh, like is going right and some 20% or less uh, is, is falling off the wagon due to God knows what. Um, uh, but but we we get we 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 put those kind of uh, stuff that we don't get through, which is not processed correctly. Uh, we put it on a list, um, and it's just a simple SharePoint list uh, where we said you we we tried to do this. This is the the information which we got when we started. Uh, we finished everything until here, and then we stopped. And then it's 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 uh, um, uh, the end user who has to uh, figure out what to do next. Um, and that's the that's that's the 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 nice thing about robotics in this kind of situation because we're doing exactly the same as they would do. Um, uh, so they also know what to do if we say them where we stopped. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're if you're planning for and and expect, especially if you use multiple bots um, sequentially, um, you have to get some kind of uh, uh, knowledge on what went right and what went wrong. Um, but but yeah, you can you can build that kind of logic into your robots, or you can uh, use your logging to determine that. Or there are multiple ways on 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 getting that information to the to the end user. Have you come across um, a scenario whereby you assumed there was a um, a task humans were carrying out traditionally that bots could supersede them by and, and, and take over the task, but then you got into the design of the actual bot logic and realized that human involvement was actually required to either improve the success of the task or because of unforeseen scenarios that may come about as, as a result of the task. Has that ever occurred or so far has it always been pretty straightforward that the bots can do what they expected, what they were um, expecting? Um, well, we had to revise uh, some workflows once in a while, but you, you, we, we tend to work around it by uh, starting uh, with a proof of concept and and uh, getting an an engineer uh, with someone of of the organization who wants a bot uh, to to ex explain them what they want not in the the smallest detail so there's a little bit more margin of error um, but uh, well we, we so we do some some work in advance to get to get an idea if it's possible to robotize the process. Um, and yes, we have, uh, um, well, an example, if we have, um, at the end of the mortgage, you're just, you, you, you stop your mortgage, you say, I don't, it's done, uh, my final payment. Um, we have to fill in some forms and uh, that goes, that payment goes to, in our case, a big list. Um, what the people in the back office will do, uh, typically, is they would do uh, like, 20, 30 tasks uh, after each other in one day, everything in one single day. Um, and halfway that process, we bumped into something that our our mainframe, or our, sorry, our mainframe, our uh, main uh, um, backend could not, had to wait a day. Uh, so what we did, we split up the, uh, the bots and we did something in day one. And then uh, we flag them in our database, like this is done on day one. And then uh, we made a, a separate string of robots, which started on day two, using the same database with where we started with, where we had all the information in, and we picked only the ones that said, yeah, day one is finished. Um, and we started at the day two. So actually, we mm -hmm. split the process, which they were doing in one day. But since we were doing it in two days, and our uh, the, the service level agreement was uh, I think eight days. We were still on time, so uh, we we did it in uh, we we stretched the process a little bit, but to our benefit mm -hmm. to get to get the the end result as much as we uh, we wanted uh, by not using the 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 back office people to to do the process. Mm, so wow. yeah, and sometimes you you uh, you bump into those kind of things. Um, and and main mostly there is there is a there is a way around it. It just it just comes down to how fixed are you to your process, 
uh, how fixed are you not making your bot too complicated? Because these kind of things, uh, a, a little bit of a, a, a exemption here, a little bit of exemption there, make your robot very difficult to maintain in the long run. So you you basically want them as as easy as possible. Um, and then you typically don't want those kind of you know branching all kind of stuff uh, uh, to 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 make your your, your bot uh, difficult. Mm. Maybe so is it I better can... to have? Sorry, Kevin. Just one quick follow up question, yeah. Berend. Is it better if you have a body of complex logic that relates to one task you were expecting a robot to perform, um, but you look at the logic after you you map it out and you see that that's a lot of branches, a lot of conditional logic, a lot of um, a lot of different directions it can go into. Is, is it a best practice then to perhaps split that into two or three microbots that each we, carry out individual tasks but are more easily orchestrated and managed? Yeah, we we do um, uh, uh, to to um, prevent uh, technical debt. We we revise robots, um, well, not regularly, but we do look into that. And yes, uh, we we uh, after a while you you uh, you see that that uh, the solution you came up with is is not or is not up to the standards which we're we're evolving. Um, or it's just you know um, impossible to understand for uh, the, the the one person who made it usually can read the robot, but we want robots which are maintainable by the by our whole team. So actually, everyone should be interchangeable. And by by reading, we we try to make bots which are at, we have little steps uh, in our flow, logical steps uh, on a uh, end user kind of level. We try to. Um, and you want those to be readable. So if you if you see the steps behind each other, you you in, in one glance you should know what what's happening. And some robots mm. don't don't uh, don't do that anymore. And then after a while, you can wait for it to to go wrong, um, or you can make some some space and some time to to fix them uh, uh, preemptively. <laughs> Thank you, Baron. Sorry, Kevin. Go ahead, please. Well, um, maybe it's a good example uh, what we do with our customer due diligence uh, robot because that robot was running on device automation and uh, you revise that with uh, another lead uh, engineer uh, to make it all automated uh, on, on web-based uh, Google searches, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we had that. Yeah, one of those robots was indeed uh, running on a on a separate machine, and um, well, we looked, we 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 that was the quickest fix we could do. Just replace the process we had with that machine and make a bot which was working on that machine. But like mm -hmm. I said already before, it's it's very um, uh, uh, prone to errors. So. Um, after uh, well, we 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 got all those errors and we looked at them and like, yeah, is it is it is there a possibility to fix those errors in this bot or do we have to to revisit the whole design and try to to make it better? Um, and in the end, we um, we looked at possibilities to uh, to to get calls which were not uh, bound to a device, um, and 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 we fixed it to by by just making it a. A web-based uh, bot, and then, um, well, most of the most most of the problems disappeared. 
And to give you an idea, Thomas, this this robot runs the whole day, the whole mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's for our company uh, a very uh, large robot. What what is running? And it's it's a robot that is uh, far uh, far ahead from what it, what we are doing. Hmm. Wow! Hi, you, you mentioned customer interaction. I have you had enough um, experience with the robots to see that their involvement in your business automation is not just to improve the efficiency, the cost effectiveness to add optimizations on the back end, but has the use of RPA also resulted in any improvements in terms of customer experience? <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 that's always where your managers look for the first. It's, if, it's a, if it's an improvement in cost or if it's an improvement in labor. But actually what, what happens is that if you get some uh, labor freed up, they can focus on the stuff which is really important because what I, I started with, most of our bots are u- are used to read something from a screen from uh, application A and type exactly the same stuff into application B. That's boring. It's not fun. It's not what you're trained to do. It's just stupid work. So uh, if we take away all that work, you get, you get the work uh, where the people were trained to do. And they they get more satisfaction on and yes they they do it with sometimes with less people, but it's more uh, rewarding for them. So um, mm-hmm. do we have processes where you see that our customers are more um, uh, yeah actually yes um, they're more happy um, they're serviced quickly quicker. Um, if we get forms for uh, renewal of contracts, um, uh, we well we have this service level agreement of five days or eight days or typically that. Uh, with robots, we can turn it around into one or two days or even or even quicker. Or immediately, so, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for our um, uh, uh, how do you say that in English? Beslag. Um, uh, we freeze uh, sometimes. We have to freeze an account uh, so that uh, the people cannot uh, access the uh, the funds anymore. Um, that's very very time critical. And if you we have an hour process where a robot picks up. It's it's an in, an invoice which is coming electronically. Uh, the robot uh, signals uh, the new arrival of a. Uh, uh, of a case, it immediately starts uh, blocking um, uh, accounts, um, so there is no uh, funds transferred to, well, God knows where Cayman Islands or. Cool, hmm. nice. So, I... so it's also for us. It, it it has a benefit, but also yeah, for customers for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that immediate fraud detection or any um, sort of processing that could. Pick on, pick up on something that should not be occurring, much faster than a human would be of great benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this has been super interesting to me. I could talk with both of you for hours about this. I, um, I want to conclude by asking if you could each give your best advice to organizations interested in RPA. You mentioned. You know, you already uh, gave us one good piece of advice, which is start small and yep. get used to it before you you build upon mm-hmm. that. But <clears throat> but beyond that, 
some you know specific to what RPA is as a technology set, as a tool set, the maturity of the technology, where it's still going in terms of other features you may have heard of that are on the horizon. If I want to get into RPA today, both from a technology perspective and from a business process design perspective, and from a um, human impact perspective, which may not be your domain, but uh, if you had to do it over again, everything you've done with RPA, what what are the main lessons you've learned? Shall I start, uh, Baron? <laughs> yes, <laughs> do much. <laughs> Well, um, the main lesson we learned is that uh, we just begun with robotics. We had, a, we had a main group. We didn't think about the governance. We didn't think about how to deploy our RPA environment. Um, we didn't have coding standards. Uh, we didn't talk about it. Um, we didn't have a, um, a good landing zone um, that the teams could use. So what you mainly see... Uh, in organizations is uh, they start with uh, RPA because all the managers wanted to reduce the costs. Um, you make robots on device automation, they just click. And uh, after that, uh, um, you you uh, see those robots clicking and you think this, this could be do very better, smarter, easier. And that's where the teams uh, are coming in like Berend. Um so I think you can um, you can you can start with a good governance. You can start with a good platform. You can start with the the best application for your uh, I said it for your uh, company. Um, and if you have choose that application that you want to use, uh, then you can do uh, or device automation or web based automation. So make a mm-hmm. choice when doing it. <laughs> and we didn't make that. Make the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, mainly in the in the beginning is make make a choice is good enough if you just make a choice already. That's that's because mm. uh, <laughs> because we well you, you can also just talk and talk and talk and talk uh, on these kind of decisions uh, and 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 never get a de- get a decision. Um, so yeah, make a decision. <laughs> now I, and I, I want to add one other thing, um, um, and it's it. It's not a warning, but it's uh, something you should be aware of. Um, robots sometimes have the uh, well. We we it's also uh, hung up on low code and uh, easy to make, and everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, be aware that it is an it, it is an art. It, well, it's it's something you should uh, do on a day on a daily basis. It's not something that is an add-on, an extra, because um, it, it is uh, it it's not it's not that simple. I I didn't see a lot of robots which are really really simple, and um, that's mainly because when you start, it's it, it generally it happens like this. We have a, a a so-called simple robot, and then oh yeah, but then can we do this as well? Oh, can we do this as well? And can we do? And then you start to grow, and you have to 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 make the right decisions, and you have to hold on to your your coding standards or whatever uh, decisions you made in in the beginning, like like Evan said. 
Um, but it, th there are hardly any simple robots. There's always something where you need to log in, which is a <clears throat> pain in the ass, or uh, uh, certificates, uh, which you need to use to get secure communication, or it's all—it's always something which makes it, it challenging. Mm -hmm. Not undoable, but uh, it, it's not something like, oh yeah, we have, uh, you have like two hours spare time, make a robot. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in it. I, I think, I think you also just uh, must know that you are involved with software devel development. You you really release pieces of software that are called robots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a out of the box plugin that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Simply no. Okay. No. And no. You're, you're helped a lot, really a lot by the platform, but it's not it's not as as simple as as one might suggest. And and I guess that brings us to architecture, or it brings us back to architecture, as as Kevin was saying earlier, <laughs> and and how much you know decision points as to how much logic should go into bots as opposed to. Um, external components or services or applications the bot the bots may need to interact with you that separation of concerns is something that you constantly have to think about because if you have feature creep such as what you just described when your stakeholders want more and more functionality in the bot at some mm -hmm. point you just say well let's just slice that out put it in a, in a separate service that the bot will call and interact with and keep the logic in the bot to um, a, some simple form, maybe not oversimplified, but is that a decision point you find yourself constantly having to make? Or, or it, are, there, are there performance benefits or other functional benefits to putting more related bot logic in the same bot software? Um. That's a difficult one because um, yeah. <laughs> actually it depends, <laughs> and uh, that 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 sounds a bit tacky, but it it really does because um, we we try to make robots. Um, if you have a string of robots, we try to make each robot somewhere in a process in an endpoint where someone can do something with it. Mm -hmm. which is by itself difficult enough um, and you don't always succeed. So uh, if you want uh, uh, a, 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 a few steps in the flow, um, sometimes you, 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 you don't, uh, you're not, you're not able to, to make every step count and give back something useful. You need four bots to have a, a, a part of the a flow um, robotized, which is useful for your, um, uh, for 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 whoever, mm. um, but we we try to make something which is usable, and I think as long as you do that, um, you always have the right discussion if you uh, if you want to add on your functionality, and then also if you make the the bots smaller, you you it's easier to say well okay then we do another bot, uh, but you already have this, you have to wait a little bit maybe. Or um, we make it in a different bot, and then it's it's we can either take out that bot if we have a separate service for that that piece of of uh, flow. Um, but in some cases, it is um, um, it, it is functionality which is um, 
you want to keep together uh, for whatever reason. Uh, we do uh, we do how um, um, inventory. Um, so how much uh, work uh, is there to be done on a daily basis? We have one robot who, in one application, counts all all the information and all the work that is uh, waiting to be done. Um, we could make that in four, five, six di different robots, but then you have to. If robot one fails and robot if robot one goes, robot two who goes, robot three fails. Um, you have to maybe go back into the first two robots to change something. So in that case, it's easier to make everything in one big robot. It, you have to make it very structured and readable and, and uh, why you took decisions put in your robot so uh, you know what you're doing. But then at least you don't have to, if in, in, in a piece of a flow something went wrong, you can, you can try and catch uh, the error as a whole which mm -hmm. makes it um, uh, easier overall. So it, it really depends on what, what kind of uh, robot, if you're building something for one application or it's a flow or it's, it, yeah, it, 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 like I said, it, it depends. But, but it first depends. you need to identify the least you need to know. And yeah. then you can build the robot. Uh, maybe maybe you can build the robot uh, with the with the least, and then you you add branches. Yeah, yeah, we like MVPs quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it, you, you have you have something which is usable. So uh, and, and people get used to the fact that there is not only themselves working in a process, but there's also a a, a robot uh, doing stuff. Right. And then there's the footprint of the robot itself, with which you may not want to have too too large for it to be performant, for it to support the type of scalability you might need. So that it, it's really interesting. I mean, it, it it goes back into distributed architecture, application design principles, and they they apply here, but in sort of a unique manner because this is not just your everyday software program. It's not your vanilla yeah. component or service. This is a specialized um, <laughs> part of your architecture that, like you said, you, you can't just say we can follow one practice. You have to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis because each task a, a, a robot does will, will be unique, will have unique requirements because it replaces a unique human role. Yeah. Wow, super. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been super insightful. I, I look forward to an opportunity to speak with you both again and perhaps um, others in your organization about uh, robots and AI and intelligent automation and that whole dimension to, to RPA. Uh, that's something, you know, if you're open to it, uh, I'd love to arrange sometime later this year, perhaps. But in the meantime, thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn 